This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of this station, its staff, management, or news department. And my guest today is John Rizzoni, the director of the Tri-Cities Opera and uh, whatever your title is up in Syracuse now these days. <laughs> Hi, Kathy. It's Hi. general director, actually, at both companies. Yeah, you're a general. Do you have like little, like uh, you know, fringy no things medals, on no your salute. on your shoulders, epaulet things on your? <laughs> no, general just means I'm responsible for everything. So that's really fun. Well, you could be an admiral, and then never mind. We get into. <laughs> oh, so how's it been, John? It's been really good, you know. It's been it's been a crazy year, a, uh, a busy year. You know, this fall, this is our fourth production since September, so that is a lot. Uh, we've been, you know, churning out some wonderful events uh, for our community, and we really wanted to offer something that would help get people in the holiday spirit. And so, uh, on December eighteenth, we're going to be doing well, uh, a one afternoon only performance. Of you know the holiday classic opera Amal and the Night Visitors, which Tri-Cities Opera actually has a very long history of performing Absolutely. around the holidays. Yeah, over our seventy. Well, this is our, we're going into our seventy-fourth season next year, which is pretty wild. But we're in the midst of our seventy-third, and I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but it's at least a dozen times, if not more, uh, in those years that we've done this production. Uh, and it's a really heartwarming, accessible story. It's in English. It's an hour long. It's really appropriate for families, but you don't have to have kids to enjoy it. It's just one of these wonderful, quintessential holiday pieces. Uh, and it tells the story of the Magi from a little different perspective. Well, and that's funny that you said it's only been like a dozen times or so that it's been performed because I was under the impression maybe just because everything blends into each other these days, that it was like an annual thing that you guys always did, oh, Amal. Uh, forgive me. It is definitely something that we've done more than a dozen times. Oh, okay. I would say in the recent, yeah, it's definitely been more than that. Forgive me, I misspoke. But, yeah, it was an annual event, and then we would sometimes alternate it with other holiday shows like Hansel and Gretel or things like that. Uh, but it's been about, I want to say, maybe at least 10 years since we've done it here at TCO. So really? It's time, yeah. I guess so. Is this now? This usually is done over at the Opera Center on Clinton Street. Is that where it's going to be again this year? Correct. Yes, it will be at the Opera Center. Um, you know, we have a beautiful set and costumes, uh, and and it's going to be a great show. It's a sort of an intimate space to get up up close and personal to yeah. the story. Only about two hundred seats in the theater, uh, and a lot of them are sold at this point. But there still are some available. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just this tradition, uh, in many opera companies and TCO is no exception to, to offer this story, um, and, and, and showcase sort of the miracle of the story. You know, Amal is this, uh, poor shepherd boy, uh, who is sort of admiring this bright star on, in the countryside one night, uh, and he's talking to his mom about it. And then all of a sudden these three kings show up. Uh, and he's sort of uh, surprised and, and, and taken aback. And, and um, you know, there's this whole wonderful interaction between Amal and the kings. Uh, and, and Amal and his mother happen to be very poor. Uh, and so um, 
in the course of the story, we see Amal's mother kind of make a questionable decision. Uh, and then um, after that decision, Amal's bravery and purity of heart really shine through. And we get to see sort of the miracles that are possible when when we give sort of our best gift, when we give the best of what we have to others, uh, miracles can happen. And I think it's a really important and timely message this time of year and always, actually. Well, one of the things that has been a trend with, and it's not really even a recent trend, but one of the things that, that people, that companies like to do is kind of modernize interpretations of things has there been any temptation to go get away from the traditional presentation of a mall and do a modern dress or you know 20th century a mall and adaptation well, and, and that kind of stuff it's funny you mention that because actually our mall devin zamir coleman this is his seventh production of a mall so even though he's very young he is a pro uh and uh he's coming off of another production of a mall which is set in the present um which is you know a different spin on it but ours is actually set traditionally um, in the, you know, around uh, the year one <laughs> of, of, you know, right, where, you know, the year zero, I guess, uh, right around the birth of Christ. So no cell phones. No cell phones. <laughs> uh, there will be some technology that uh, shines on the stage as far as lights and things like that go. But it's a traditional production uh, capturing some of the essence of that time. It's it's funny. I I had to harken back, uh, where some of the the non opera companies, the 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 Shakespeare theaters, will do modern dress productions of certain shows. I saw The Merchant of Venice um, at uh, Stratford upon Avon. Uh, You know, and it was IBM computers and everything else, but they were still speaking Elizabethan English, and it was just kind of weird. (laughs) Uh, Well, I will say, I think that there is a place for something like that sometimes, uh, but to do it, you know, for the sake of an update or something like that, I don't really agree with that. But when it can really propel the story and give, you know, greater context to a, a story that is from, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago, I do think that it can be appropriate, but for this one, I mean, it's a gem as it is. This show was written actually for TV, uh, I think about 70 years ago. I can't do the math in my head, Um, but it was written for the American public. It's in English. Um, It's heartwarming. Uh, It's comedic. You know, the music is glorious. Uh, It's just this wonderful, wonderful piece, really a holiday gem. And that's what you want this time of year, really. Yeah, you know, we want to keep it happy. We yeah. want to keep it light. We just came off of Madness and the Medium, which uh, was about murder and craziness. So which I find kind of, of little, fun, but, you know, well, that's me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's my kind of fun, but I try to leave it uh, out of the holidays because that's a crazy <laughs> enough time. So, so, and Adam's Family uh, Christmas. There you go. Right, there you go. Adam's Family Christmas, exactly. So, you know, it's... it's um, yeah, it's just in the spirit of the season, and I'm also excited to say we have a really wonderful cast and production team for this show. Um, I think at the helm, as a conductor, uh, Lindsay Kate Brown, who is an alum of uh, Binghamton University and has performed at Tri-Cities Opera, then went on to uh, perform at the Met. I mean, she's been around the country and world doing all kinds of wonderful things. She's actually branching into conducting, so she'll be the conductor for the show, and we have Tommy Iafredi. Uh, who is from Binghamton University uh, in the theater department, and he'll be the, uh, the stage director. Uh, and then we have a wonderful cast. I mentioned Devin Aramal. He is so, so talented. 
And then Julia Ebner plays his mother. She's actually a Binghamton University alum uh, and a, an alum of the TCO program. Greg Shepard plays King Balthazar, also an alum of the TCO program. Uh, and then we have our two uh, male resident artists this year filling out the cast. Uh, Felix Tomlinson and then Bernardo Medeiros uh, will play the other two kings. Uh, so it's really this wonderful cast of people connected to TCO, very, very talented artists uh, who are making their way in the industry and and have the most wonderful, beautiful voices. It was funny, we were in rehearsal yesterday, or I was sorry, the day before yesterday, although we rehearse every day, and I got to hear the three kings singing together and just hearing those voices blend together and, and the music writing and I mean, it's just, this is, a, this is really a gem. There's a reason we did it, you know, so much. And there's mm-hmm. a reason it's done around this time of year. Uh, because it's just, it feels good. It feels happy. It feels uh, festive. Uh, and the message is good. The message is really good. And I think we need a message. Like, I mean, it's a crazy time. Uh, the economy, the, you know, the, the world, the war. I mean, all these things... I mean, when we can focus on generosity and helping others, uh, that is the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit. And I think this show really gets us there. And one of the things that Tri-Cities Opera can really be commended on is how it has evolved over the years to become such a diverse uh, performing organization. It, back, of course, just opera in general decades ago, it was a, a certain ethnic group there you didn't see the diversity of ethnicities in performers that you see and it just blows me away all the productions recent productions at tri-cities opera that i've seen it has been so refreshing to see all different uh walks of life all different ethnicities hitting the stage in all these traditional roles and it, it once they open their mouths and start singing the way it should be that everything disappears and they are the characters on the stage no matter where they came from and tricity's mm. opera has been such a vehicle for that well i think you know um sort of we're in conversation with the issues of diversity equity and inclusion we're, we're really trying to find a way to authentically connect with a variety of communities whether it's race whether it is you know gender sexual orientation political engagement you know all different things we believe that opera is something uh, that is for everyone. We truly believe that. And I think, you know, not every not every person is going to love every opera. I, right. I get that. That's like saying, oh, I'm going to love every movie I see. Right. But I do truly believe that there are operas. There are, there's an opera for everyone. I guess at least one, if not many. Um, and I think, I think, you know, from the stage, uh, yes, we're always trying, and I think from from the audience perspective too. Like we we really want to reflect our community. We see this company as uh, you know we are stewards of the resources that are given to us by our funders, our ticket sales, our foundations, um, and we're meant to leverage them for the good of this community. And so it's really using opera as a vehicle to create stronger community. Uh, and tell these deeply human stories in a compelling way. And the more people get exposed to it at younger ages, it, the the more it's it's appreciated, and the the different variances of the performance art is appreciated. And we want to before we get 
you know too far out of time here uh, we are in the holiday season and if people are maybe new to this particular performing art or mm-hmm. are fans of the traditional you've got uh, an oldie but goodie coming up <laughs> really an oldie but a goodie coming up and then with tickets to that would be a a great gift idea this time of year the tickets to a mall would be a great time um gift this time of year what's the oldie and goodie that you've got coming up that Uh, i'm pretty excited about aside from a mall and tickets start at 25 dollars for a mall but students are half price uh so it's very very reasonable um but aside from a mall in the spring we'll be presenting mozart's the marriage of the figaro uh a beautiful production Full sets, costumes, orchestra uh, at the Forum Theater downtown. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. Uh, and it's kind of a tale of this sort of philandering count uh, and his estate um, and his, his best uh, sort of valet, his servant, Figaro, who we know from uh, the Barber of Seville and also from the marriage of Figaro. Hint, he's kind of the star of the show. Uh, <laughs> Figaro, um, you know, is getting married to Susanna. And uh, and the philandering count has his eye on her, and of so course he does. Dynamic. Of course. Well, hey, why would your count? Do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, we know <laughs> right? people like so, that. You know the the no, nobility. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't say that seriously. Uh, but basically, there's this sort of um, cast of characters who are in and out of uh, you know comedic hijinks and just you know surprises, plot twists. It's really, really. I mean really a funny show. I mean, I consider it my Desert Island opera, the one opera that I would pick if I only had to have one opera for the rest of my life. It would be this one. You don't get tired of it. Yeah, well, I mean, every time. So the last time TCO did this, actually, it was the very first show that I was involved with at TCO in 2009. So it's been 13 years since we put this out there. Uh, It'll be over, yeah, a little over 13 years by the time we produce it. Uh, So it's it's um, it's time, you know. It's this wonderful gem, and uh, when we were in the habit of sort of rotating the top titles every year, you know, we would see shows every, you know, they would come back every five to seven years. But as we've been incorporating the new American rep uh, and sort of op- operas that address uh, current civic issues and things like that, um, you know, we we have uh, obviously those take slots in our seasons, and right. so it's very exciting. And I think it builds anticipation when we get uh, back to one of these, you know, these classics that are so beloved. I mean, it's oh, any top 10 operas ever written list, The Marriage of Figaro is on there. And it is and it is brilliant. I mean, Mozart, what a genius. Brilliant. And tickets for actually Figaro, uh, orchestra seats. We have orchestra seats starting at $20. That's for regular adults, $20. And then again, half-price tickets. And actually for Figaro, uh, everyone under 18 uh, is free wow. uh, to come to our productions at the forum. So wow. we really are encouraging, um, basically trying to cut down barriers to opera and also encouraging the next generation of opera lovers to join us, to explore it, and to experience what it has to offer because there's such community in coming together. Um, and I think it's hard, you know, my age and up, maybe a few years younger than me, you know, we didn't live always with cell phones. We didn't communicate always through screens. And there's a certain value we have on um, connecting in person with people. And I think um, the community around experiencing performances together and and looking at these stories that we relate to, um, that's common experience, and it helps build relationship uh, and, and sort of 
in some ways consensus, in some ways disagreement, but it starts conversations, and it's such an important part of what opera and all of the arts have to do. And we saw a lot more of that discussion coming up as we came out of the pandemic with people that had missed Broadway so much and missed going to the movies and and experiencing a film in a theater with a whole bunch of people all gasping at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's really something to be said for that. You know, I think... You laugh more when there are people around you laughing. There's something we feed off of each other, that energy. And also for the for the performers, like we need the audience. That interplay is what brings things to life. It is so much harder to um, to do that in the vacuum of, say, a studio or with no audience. Um, so it's really it's really exciting to be able uh, to have these events to you know, I mean, we've been, I guess, gathering again for at least a year at this point, but we're still not totally out of the woods with this this right. COVID business, which I hate to mention it, but uh, we are going to be um, lifting uh, our masking requirement, although we do recommend masks in our performances, right. uh, you know, assuming that things stay the way they are uh, right now or relatively at these levels. Uh, but it's just been, um, you know, of all times, at least in my life, I think... The, the last year and a half and future is sort of a time to remember what it means to be together, to come together and experience things together because we were so isolated for so long. We are so out of time. Real quick, where can people find out more information about what you've got coming up and how they can get tickets? TriCitiesOpera.com or the TriCities Opera Facebook page. Great resource. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, John. Thanks for being my guest. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. For 15 years.